it's Rhonda Shortino. Thank you so much for joining me for Live, Love, Survive, and Thrive. I know there's lots of other stuff that you could be listening to, but this podcast is for you. It's to help you live an amazing life, the life that you were born to live. It's to help you love, to put your love into action, because that will change your life and the lives of everyone within your influence. It's to help you survive the tough times and to help you mine the lessons out of everything you go through, especially the most painful stuff that you go through, and to use those exact things to thrive. This is Live, Love, Survive, and Thrive with Rhonda Shortino also known as Wilma Flintstone, and certified life coach, Jenny Christensen, also known as... Betty Rubble. Betty Rubble. (laughs) In regard to technology anyway, just call me Betty for short. All right, Bet. All right, so listen, uh, this focus thing is really, really important. We have to talk about the power of focus. So take it away certified life coach why should anybody care about focus well i think honestly rhonda and i don't mean this it's going to sound funny but i think distraction becomes our middle name particularly this in these days right now um you know not not with the covid specifically but that but distraction becomes our middle name you know our our enormous things that we have to do the phones, the, the TV, the computer, uh, you know, all of those things that keep our lives feeling very busy. And I think what happens is particularly, uh, you know, as we look at goals and things that we want to accomplish, what suffers? When we're not focusing, something suffers. It could be our physical health, our sleep, our goals, our our whatever. So today, I think we just spend some time talking about, uh, you know, ways to focus and and strategies to do that because there are things that we want to accomplish. And so today, I hope to just provide a few small tips on, on how to get focused. And like you always say, there are things that we are, you know, purpose to do in life. Is that what's suffering over just the regular things we have to do in our lives? Yeah, well, you know, the, the notion of what suffers is really important to me. And I'm very sorry that Lucky the dog is trying to get in on our um, podcast. <laughs> Everybody's working from home, so everybody hopefully will understand that. I shouldn't say everybody. Lots of people are working from home. Um, but you know, our relationships suffer and we know that good, solid, healthy, um, relationships are the number one piece, component, facet, whatever you want to say of real success. Everybody wants success. Well, guess what? You cannot have real success unless you have good, healthy relationships, um, everybody wants to succeed in business. You know, every, every business owner, the reason why you put everything on the line and start a business is because you want to, um, you want to create success for yourself. You want to do something good in the world. Well, when we get distracted and we try to do too much, whether it's personally or professionally, 
everything suffers. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you. I, I imagine that you've seen this more than I have as a, as a life coach. But, you know, watching um, through the years, just different people I've known and cared about, watching their relationships deteriorate because they're really not listening to each other. And, and how simple a fix it is to just really listen. And <clears throat> I used to think, okay, well, that means, you know, you have to agree, you have to see things out. I, no, not really. I can, and this is one of the things I think that we've lost in this country with the political vitriol and the division of the ways that we divvy ourselves up into little groups, we seem to have lost the ability to just focus and listen without having to punch back because we don't agree or we don't like what the other person is saying or um, we have to try to persuade them to see our way or believe our way or vote our way or whatever it is. I mean, the, the power of just focusing on another person and giving that person dignity is truly immeasurable. So, I think it's fascinating. I, I think about, uh, you know, my husband and I have entered a season that's very different. You know, we had 20 years of kids at home, going to work, driving to work, going and working our 40 hours. Then we do something at night. And it's very interesting now that uh, he's been retired and I work from home. And it's really fascinating to see how that has changed. And to be honest, I feel kind of bad about how it was back then because I'm, 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 I've gained focus on just everything from his habits that I've noticed, which are, are fine. They're just things that he does, the, the tremendous amount of time that we've had to focus. So if I were to go back and say, what was it like when we were super busy? Because many of the listeners today may still be in that place where they're very busy. It's easier to focus when you live a lifestyle like I'm living now. But what would we have done differently? So I think one of the aspects, both in relationships and goal setting, is to practice concentration. Hmm. To actually practice concentrating on that person. So if it's a relational thing, you want to be sitting at dinner, you know, or, or on the couch opposite each other to look at one another and just say, you know what, and put a little time around it. That helps people sometimes. Let's just talk for 15 minutes, talk about our day and do nothing else. Don't look at your phone, don't have the TV on, those kinds of things because those are those external stimuli. So if we don't control the external stimuli, we are not gonna be practicing concentration. We laughed about it the other day, that game where you used to lay out all the cards and turn over the two of hearts and try to find the other one. If you didn't concentrate, you wouldn't remember where those cards were. So it doesn't matter if you're 35 or you know 75, spending a, a certain amount of time really focused on that person, look at them in their eyes, you know, really put some time around that, okay? And so I think that's really, really powerful in relationships in particular, is concentrate on really spending time with that person that's a concerted effort. Mm, that's so good. I wanna jump in and say, without judgment, 
because that's the time when if I'm really going to concentrate on my husband, uh, it's, it's, I think a natural thing for us to, to sort of take inventory and say, Oh, I hate it when he does that. Or I, you know, Oh, I wish that, you know, he would also do this, you know, with me or whatever. I'm saying, I want to just jump in and say, I love what you said. I want to suggest, even if the other person is still like this, uh-huh, uh, yeah, mm, you know, and they're really not doing it, like they're not cooperating. That doesn't mean go off in a huff, leave the room and say, bah, I tried and I'm not doing this anymore. No, keep doing it. Because what happens is you're modeling that for not only that other person, but everybody else within your influence. And I think that when we model behaviors, eventually other people will pick up on them. So go ahead with the other ideas that you have. And I was also gonna say, I think we need to do that with our kids, particularly right now. I mean, the last time I checked, there wasn't a fire in the laundry room. Okay. I mean, if the laundry's sitting there, I have grown daughters with little children and they're always talking about the laundry, but I would encourage them to focus time with their husbands, you know, their, their mom that lives with them or their kids and do a kid check-in. A kid check-in might be a shorter time, five minutes, you know, eight minutes, 10 minutes with the kid can mean the world. Let them read you a book. That might be your focus time. You read them a book or whatever that is where that focus time is, is right on them. You know, and the laundry is still going to be there. I'm not saying don't do your laundry, but I'm saying there needs to be a, a certain time. Our, our, our focus is focus. So we want to think about the things that we can carve out. So we go back to the busyness of, of everything. Think about goals. How do we focus on the goals that we want to do? I think there's a lot of things that we can do. Um, one is people, a lot of people suggest to do lists, you know, to do this, do this, do this. I think that that's good, but I think we need to spend a little bit of time maybe categorizing that a little bit. For example, if there's a really cool goal, goal that you want, you want to write a book or you want to start a company or whatever, make your goals focused on that particular category. I think when we have all, you know, we have a list of 40 things. And, and it's get groceries and buy bananas and, you know, work out for 10 minutes. And I mean, that's just silly. Pull that out and say, if there's a goal I want to meet, what are a couple of really neat things that I can get done this week and start them today? I think we need to, you know, not, we don't need to, you know, belabor the to-do list, but I think it's a good thing when we take our to-do list and go, this is what I need to do today yeah. to reach my goal. I think that's important. And when we are spending time focusing, Rhonda, I want to I want to encourage people limit your focus time in a day to maybe your 60 or 90 minutes. Now that doesn't need to be done all day long and I'm not saying that we need to, you know, because if we only have a certain amount of time in the day, if somebody has 1 hour to focus on writing their book, they do 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at night. And they have a concentrated time that they've laid out and patterned to rein in that time. I think sometimes when we do just 10 minutes, that that's really hard because we don't have, our brain doesn't, doesn't get there. So we have to have a little bit of, it takes me longer to, you know, get, get 
reeled in. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think uh, just some physical things uh, that people can try. One is to concentrate on your breathing. You know, we, we've talked about this before as you're, as you're sitting there getting ready to work, you know, for your 30 minute, you're, you're breathing, you're calming your heart down. You're just relaxing. Think about your environment. You know, is the TV going? Are the kids running around? Are there, those things are all that stimuli that take away from our focus. Now it, it might be difficult if you live in a very small place or, you know, things like that, but maybe you can get a pocket of time when the kids are taking a nap or, you know, dash out to the patio or even go to your car, you know, as long as it's not July in Las Vegas and it's 112 degrees, but you could go out and, and just find a time to, to get rid of some of that distraction. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think too that um, I, I remember going through a really, really hard time. Um, and somebody said that a grief counselor had said that if you, if you, if you're really having trouble focus, focusing because of, you know, overwhelming grief or anxiety, fear, whatever it is, like an overwhelming emotion. And so you just really can't focus. This grief counselor said, find something hopefully pleasant, like a, a flower, um, you know, a bird, whatever, but find one thing and just sit there and force yourself to look at that thing and notice what's beautiful about that thing. And we can do that. We can do that whether we live in, you know, one rented room, you know, it doesn't have to be an actual flower. You know, we can pull up a million images on the internet on our phone of a flower, or we can, you know, we can find something. We can look at a chair and think of, wow, that was an idea in somebody's mind before it was a reality. And, you know, it doesn't matter what the thing is, but, but the notion of just saying, okay, for the next 30 seconds, I'm going to focus on this one thing to the exclusion of everything else. And it trains, I think, it trains our brain to um, tune out the distractions. So the distractions are still there. They're, they're going to be there, right? But, but teaching ourselves how to bring it on in, I think, is really powerful. You're muted. Sorry about that. Okay, I two things that I think are important. You know, I remember as a little kid, I would lay on the grass and look up at the sky, mm. and I would look at the clouds and think of what shape it was. Right. And I look back at that now, and I think what I was really doing was focusing, because I wanted to tell my parents what I saw, or tell my friend, "Oh, it looks like an elephant," or "It looks like a flower." Or we would talk about that, and it's amazing that we 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 have a hard time doing that. So I think there's two things that I want to say too, Rhonda. Yesterday we talked about journaling. If you implement journaling, that is focus time. That is a time of focus because you're writing down your thoughts. So let's say you feel very distracted because I can feel like that too. You know, I have this to do and that to do and there this place to go and I got to get, you know. How about just writing down your distracted thoughts? Because then what you're doing is, is you're emptying the distractions. 
oh, I forgot I need to, I mean, even if you're writing down the silly things, you know, oh, I have to do my doctor's appointment next week. Oh, I have to, you know, just empty it onto the journal. Get rid of those distracting thoughts. Yes. You know, it's like the smelly trash out of the kitchen. Go get rid of it. So that what are the things that are distracting me? I'm nervous about starting this company. That's a distracting thought. It doesn't mean it's true, but it's a thought that is distracting you from staying focused. And the other, the, the other side, the very strong flip side of that is to spend some time doing what I call dream wandering. <laughs> I love it. Dream wandering. Some people refer to it as more of a mental or emotional, you know, a mental dream. But I like dream wandering because sometimes those things are very powerful. Let yourself, again, write or think about or dream about something amazing. You know, I, I think that we could focus, not that we want to live in the la-la, you know, kind of phase, but there are dreams in our heart, and it's okay to sit there and focus on, wow, dream wandering. You know, like I have a favorite place that I love to vacation, and sometimes when I feel very overwhelmed, I literally dream about being there. I dream about what it was like to be there last time, what it feels like, what, what it smells. I think of that. And sometimes that's extremely therapeutic and it trains your brain on something really powerful. Oh, that's really good because it gets your mind off for a minute, you know, gives your little, gives yourself a vacation, a little mini vacay from all of the noise. I just love that. I actually call, when I do that, I actually call it dreaming with Jesus, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I want for me, I just, you know, where I am with my faith, um, I, I want to get my thoughts up off of the, the, um, the issues at hand. I'm a fixer by nature. So I think about issues and my, I, my brain automatically goes to, well, I could do this or they should do that or this has to be done. Well, the first thing that has to be done. And so to get my mind off of all that, I, I can you know, just sit down and say, okay, I just wanna dream with Jesus for a minute. And, and it really does get your mind off of the present issues again just like distractions it doesn't make them go away but what does happen when you come back from that little mini vacay it could be five minutes it doesn't have to be an hour it doesn't have, but you know when you come back from it you have a fresh perspective and i can't tell you the number of times uh through the years when i was running my businesses when when I would, you know, have that time, and I always said that God was our CEO, so I would say, I need to go have a board meeting with the CEO. And so, you know, I would go and just dream with Jesus, and I would come back with a, a sort of refreshed spirit, not quite so intense, um, and very, very often, the new perspective would show me the way. Right. make the decision to do whatever it was that we needed to do that I didn't know what to do and I wasn't clear on and so on. And, uh, and so I, I love that. I'm so glad you said that. And in closing, Rhonda, I think that's powerful for people. You know, 
I, I was talking about a, a place that I love to vacation. That's just one thing I can do to do my dream wandering, or like you said, my, my dreaming with Jesus. You know, for people of faith, that's prayer or what other people refer to as quiet time or meditation or whatever you want to refer to. That leads me to my whole thing of self-care is not selfish. Uh, self-care is not selfish. Self-care is necessary. We can take it to extremes. You know, and I know self-care is a big buzzword in culture. You know, it's, it's done with, you know, all these different kinds of things that people can do. But I think it is a part of self-care that we need to do. So if I go back in my memory and I could ask myself the question, when I was super busy in my career with my kids and all that, sometimes, I mean, it just, I just felt so full of all of that stuff. What I would have said is, I wish somebody would have taught me and told me to care for myself a little bit better, to focus on my husband, to focus on my, my children in a different way, to dream a bit and to just take some time for me to just care a little bit. Not that I wasn't self-caring, but I think we need to do that. And so wandering a little bit, you know, looking at a really neat picture, taking some time to dream is part of self-care. And I think, like I said, there's not a, a fire in the laundry room every day, you know, or the grocery store is not going to be there tomorrow, you know, because I think that we get very hyped up about the things that we have to do and we're not caring for ourselves. And that's powerful to do that. Yeah, it really is. And, and, uh, I just want to add, you know, the one thing to that is that, um, you know, when you say there's not a fire in the laundry room, I think that people who are very responsible and they have good work ethic and they want to do the right thing. They're, you know, people who are just sort of naturally driven to get things done, do what needs to be done. And, and they're, you know, uh, they, it's a, it's a heavy, heavy burden. It's very easy to be distracted by the things that have to get done, you know, because I could, I could imagine, I can hear my daughter in my head going, who's going to do the laundry? It's not going to do itself, you know? And so I think, okay, I raised her that way. You know, she will get stuff done, period, end of discussion. Nothing distracts her from that. But the flip of it is, what, what are we not focusing on when we're focusing on those tasks? I should say, who are we not focusing on when mm -hmm. we on those tasks. So there's a balance in there. And I love that you talked about self-care because that's what it really comes down to. It's not, I just want to say this to people who are highly responsible. It's not irresponsible to let the dishes sit in the sink, to let the laundry sit in the bin, and to just sit with the ones you love. Because at the end of the day, the, you know, all the clean uh, laundry in the world and clean dishes in the cupboard pale. They're nothing in comparison to the good relationships in our lives. So thank you for joining us. And thank you, Jenny, for these really good tips on how to focus. Have a great day, everybody. 
Hey, I have a free gift for you. For a limited time, as long as supplies last, I want to send you a copy of my book, Succeed Because of What You've Been Through. I'm going to also send you the accompanying workbook for free. Free shipping and everything. All you have to do is go to my website, Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G. Go to the shop button at the top and find the Succeed Because book and workbook set. It's normally $19.95, but with the coupon code COVID, C-O-V-I-D, I will send it to you for free. I hope you take advantage of this offer. I wrote this book to help people mine the lessons out of what they've been through and use those lessons to create personal and professional success. I want to do that for you. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. I hope that you'll subscribe. I hope you'll share with others and and just come alongside of us in helping people to live, love, survive, and thrive. See you next time.